Hello and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, President and CEO of the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. Each week, a Chamber staff member will sit down with a guest to discuss what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, develop our workforce, and tell the inspiring story of Greensboro to the world. This podcast is brought to you by Truliant Federal Credit Union a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. Hi, I'm Nikita Green, and I'm the Program Director of Leadership Greensboro at the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm here today with Brandon Inscore and Elizabeth Paul, and we're gonna talk about Leadership Greensboro, demystify what the program is, and talk about some of the changes that we've made to Leadership Greensboro since the global pandemic. But first, a little bit of background about Leadership Greensboro. Uh, Leadership Greensboro is, I think, a very engaging signature leadership development program at the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, We've been around for 44 years, engaging with um, industries across the city. Um, Our foundational goal is to connect, to serve, and create impact in the community. So it is a three-part leadership development program. It involves um, formal leadership development through our signature nine-month educational component. Um, That means that we have monthly day-long sessions from August to May, we have a two-day retreat. Um, All of our classes complete action learning projects, and we have overall an outstanding curriculum facilitated by the Center for Creative Leadership. We bring together a cohort of 45 professionals from all across the city, um, diverse in industry, and a primary part of what they do is connect to one another better, as well as connect to the community much better. And they also have an opportunity to come back and volunteer to participate as program chairs or day chairs. And so we'll learn a little bit more about that today. So again, I have with me Brandon Inscore and Elizabeth Paul. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Tell them a little bit about you. Um, my name is Elizabeth Paul and uh, this, so I would have been class of, 19 and now get to be a program chair for class of 2020. Um, I am a uh, director of development with the Bryan School of Business at UNCG, which is just a fancy way to say I've raised money um, <laughs> for an uh, institution of higher learning. Um, I moved to Greensboro in the spring of 2017, and uh, despite my husband growing up here, um, I didn't personally have any connections. And so when the opportunity to jump on board with Leadership Greensboro presented itself, um, I, I, I jumped right in feet first, looked back, and I feel like I'm more from here now than he is. So um, I am so happy to give back and be on this podcast and share what I know uh, because it truly has been an amazing experience. And uh, I'm, a, I'm an official Greensboroan. How do we say it? <laughs> what are we? Greensboro I, I, I feel like Greensboro and I like it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the podcast, we'll come up with something to tag ourselves, but right. I'm thinking of it. 
<laughs> awesome. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, my name is uh, Brandon Inscore. I am a 2019 graduate of the Leadership Greensboro program and uh, am also a uh, 2020 program chair. Um, I'm a manager at Withers Ravenel. Uh, it's an employee-owned engineering firm that's based here in North Carolina. And uh, I'm the office leader for the Greensboro office. Um, I came to Greensboro in 2001. Um, I followed my girlfriend, now wife, uh, uh, here and um, uh, attended school locally at Elon University um, and did some graduate work at uh, UNC Greensboro and um, have made Greensboro my home. Um, uh, prior to my current uh, employment, I've worked in local government, both in Guilford County Schools and uh, for the city of Greensboro, um, I guess all told for, for 16 years. Um, so I had a lot of familiarity with uh, the community over the last few years, um, but I had uh, a great opportunity um, in participating in this program to, um, uh, to learn even more about my community and make some great connections. Awesome. That's what we want to have happen, Brandon. Thank you. So, and, and as I said, um, I, so I'm the program director, which means that I lead the, all of the operational, strategic, curricular components of the program, but the program chairs are really my right and my left hands um, throughout the process. You essentially have no time to relax after, after graduation because we started working kind of right away as the core program planning team together. So can you tell everyone um, what you all do as program chairs? Well, you know, the, the role of the program chair, uh, I equate it to uh, a board of director seat. I think at a high level, um, we're providing input and feedback on the overall direction of the program for the 2020 Leadership Greensboro class. Um, some of this is based on our own experience going through the program, things that we like, didn't like, things that we wish we could have been able to do. And some of this is based on our observations on how things are going as we uh, go along with the current class because we're embedded uh, with them and we can get that feedback on the ground and, and kind of detect how they're feeling and what's going on and make adjustments on the fly to optimize their experience. I would, <clears throat> I, just to piggyback, I think, um, yes, all of that. Uh, and in addition, I think one of our main jobs as program chairs, in, in addition to the making sure they have a good experience, building on what's already been done, but um, every year Leadership Greensboro settles on a theme. And uh, for our class and a couple classes before, it's always been breaking the cycle of poverty. So um, who knows what it will be moving forward uh, with what all is going on now, but I feel like as a program chair, it was always our job to make sure that theme was present throughout and woven in every day and in every interaction. Um, there's so much to learn about the area where we live that it's really easy to get in the weeds on a particular subject or with an organization. Um, so it, it was our job and it took all four of us plus Nikita <laughs> to remember, hey, how does this relate back to breaking the cycle of poverty? Um, and so uh, it was, it's a really good experience to go through it again as a program chair 
to hear it for a second time and to have it, you know, instead of learning about it at the same time you're trying to wrap your brain around the theme. Uh, this year as a program chair, we really have an opportunity to just come at it from that 20,000 foot view and make it stay top of mind for 45 other people, uh, which, which feels like a really powerful thing, I, I gotta say. Um, and hopefully, you know, as we continue to do things like this, we're going to really see the needle move on these themes year after year. Nikita does a really good job of um, prepping us to make sure that, that we know it's our job to make sure that that's top of mind for everybody uh, so we can continue to make a difference. And I will say you guys did a, have done a great job at at doing that and making sure that we stay focused on, um, on what I our theme is in every way. You guys have been invaluable to me um, as a, a single um, staff member for this program. Um, it, it has been amazing to have all of your diverse skills, um, thoughts, and backgrounds as a part of the team. I think it it's it's important to Leadership Greensboro to, to have that, to make sure that if we're working with people from a diverse, from, um, you know, from a diverse background, from all different experiences in the city, that we have um, that approach in the planning as well. So, um, so I thank you. We'd be remiss as well if we did not um, also give a shout out to the other two program chairs for 2020, um, Heavenly Walker and James Blackwell. Um, they are um, also part of this dynamic team, and I've had a fabulous time. I don't want to break up. Um, so this year, you guys have led the 2020 class throughout this program year, but last year, you were participants. Um, can you talk about what the experience was like um, on that fine day in August, uh, really of August 2018, when you walk into the room and suddenly you have 44 other people to hang out with every month. I, you know, being totally new in town, or I felt like I was still new at the time, um, it was just sort of overwhelming. And I think you get in there and you're broken into groups and you're looking around and you're kind of trying to size everybody up and get a feel and a flavor for who are these people? And um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if every class is like this. Uh, we are a very vocal <laughs> group of 45 people. So it only took about 15 minutes before uh, Ben Hunter, big shout out to Ben who works with Bernard Robinson is, is shouting out things. And we had a uh, Ryan Blackledge who is a lobbyist with Cone. Who's one of the funniest people I've ever met. So um, almost immediately, I would say any, any anxiety I had about well, what's this going to be like, um, Nikita, you came out the gate, totally professional, put us all at ease, and then um, our senses of humor kicked into overdrive. Um, I must say, too, big shout out to our program chairs, because that first day uh, after drinking from the fire hose with all the info of, hey, what's coming at you for the next nine months, we were taken to this little place called Breakout. Um, and I will never forget my group. These are now keep in mind, these are highly professional people, but I, we've just met. Um, we get locked in a room, blindfolded, handcuffed, and we have an hour to solve puzzles and break out, you know, save ourselves from the volcano or whatever was the theme of the room. Um, and I feel like 
you know, the beauty of Leadership Greensboro is it puts you in so many situations that you have to get over yourself really quickly. Um, you have to know when it's appropriate to step up and step in and speak up. And you also know when it's, uh, you, you learn really quickly when it's appropriate to be quiet and let other people lead. And I think that is just the beauty of the program uh, in general is that's leadership in a nutshell, right? Yes. From day one, I want to say like three hours in as I'm in my handcuffs and blindfold, um, I went from being anxious about what are these people going to do to impact my life and how is this program going to change me to this is, you're in a proving ground right now, Elizabeth, and um, these people are going to become your family. And they did. And, and it's been like that. Um, it's been like that two years later, you know, there are people that I still talk with. So um, I can't say enough about it. And and I miss having 45 people to hang out with once a month. (laughs) How about you, Brandon? But you have 45 new people to hang out with every month. Exactly. And uh, I I will say that first day, I remember it too. Um, There were a couple of people, you mentioned both of them, and I was confused. I was trying to figure out, I thought that maybe they were leading the program. Yeah. Uh, they were that they were that vocal um I, it took me a while to realize that a couple of those folks were actually in our class um so <laughs> they were they were a lot of fun but you know even after being in greensboro as long as i've been since 2001 um it was really great to meet a dynamic group of new people uh, working in local government for a number of years my exposure to the local business community was more limited than i would have liked for it to have been and so I was excited to, uh, to expand my network and help establish my company's brand recognition here uh, locally. And I think that was a big, uh, a, a big part of, of, of uh, this for me uh, was expanding that network. And of course, as I just alluded to earlier, you know, uh, being a program chair, I've been able to expand that network even more. So that's, it's good for your personal brand. It's good for your company's brand. And then it also, gives you a lot of exposure to the local community, what the needs are and how you can plug yourself in to, to, to fill some of those needs. And so having these people around you um, uh, is, is tremendous in building that, that sense of community in your network. And even as, the, um, as a program director, I feel like there are every year I learn more about what's happening in the community. And that's through the relationships that I get to have with each new class. I would like to say though, um, as a disclaimer, that um, no members of the 2019 class were harmed uh, <laughs> <laughs> during the handcuffed and blindfolded activity. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the scavenger hunt, maybe the scavenger hunt. Almost, almost. Right? Now you're so. bringing back traumatic memories. From me. <laughs> I know, I know. No trauma, no trauma. What, what, what were some of your favorite moments? Mm. Um, you know, there's so many, and I think, I think Nikita, we have to compliment you because I, from from the minute I, we stepped in the room and you started sharing with us the program, I think the beauty of what you bring to the table is you encouraged all of us in every moment to bring your whole self, bring your whole self here and be who you are. Um, and that is very fitting in Greensboro, Greensboro's identity. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit of an outsider, but I think the beauty of Greensboro is that it truly is a meritocracy, right? If you've got something to give to this town, it'll, it'll just take you in and absorb you and whatever you bring into the table, come on with it. Um, sure. and 
So I think that that theme and that tone always lended itself to just some really intense, engaging experiences. Um, you know, besides being uh, in the breakout room, um, we, we had an amazing scavenger hunt, which was uh, educational, but I think it, it made us realize very quickly how competitive our class was. Um, so that's a standout. Um, but I think one of my favorite experiences, um, just as a group, personally, I would say CCL, going to Center for Creative Leadership is just a personally intense experience because you grow so much. But when, when I think about the group, um, one of my favorites, I think, is Diversity and Inclusion Day. Um, so not only having the opportunity to go and take the official tour at the museum, um, downtown and if you haven't been big shout out super plug go spend the ten dollars um, to, to have the guided tour it's amazing but to go through that uh, with my my classmates and, and two things happened that day um, number one as we were in the uh, original Woolworth setting one of our classmates I'm trying not to get emotional um, one of our class Kathy Norcutt is kind of standing back and she's being quiet and I, I look at her and she, we kind of catch eyes and she says to me, I remember being here with my mother. I remember, um, I remember ordering lunch at this counter and then my mother was never willing to admit that we couldn't eat at the counter. She wanted to protect me because I was a child. So we would get our food and she would just say, oh, we don't have time to eat here. We have to leave. And then they would go on the bus and she said, my mother was a smoker. So my mother also pretended that we had to sit in the back of the bus because she wanted to smoke, not because of what was going on in the world at the time. I never would have had that conversation, mm -hmm. Kathy or probably another human being. Um, and that just, that was all kinds of powerful for me that day. Um, and then after the tour, we all as a group um, had a, an amazing facilitator who uh, really encouraged us to have these conversations, kind of those conversations where here's an opening. Anything you want to ask me as a white woman, as a black man, as a Hispanic person that you don't normally get to ask because you don't know if you're in a safe space, let's ask them now because the only way we're going to learn and grow is to have these conversations. And I just remember I came home and I couldn't shut up about that experience for like two or three days. And my husband was like, okay, enough. You know? <laughs> but, it, but it was that powerful. And, um, and I think that's just, that's what happens, not for everybody on the same day with the same activity, but I think that's the beauty of the program is you just, everyone has those experiences along the way that they just change you at your core. They change your thinking they change how you approach a situation. Um, I'm forever grateful for being able to have those conversations that day. Um, and, and so that to me was one of the highlights and, I, and I'm sad that this year we're gonna have to do that virtually and I hope we can bring the same flavor to it. Um, but that, that was, that's gotta be one of the, the best ones in my book. Um, how about you, Brandon? So, you know, I'll echo what you said to, uh, you know, I, I think, first of all, I think the, the experience of the Center for Creative Leadership was outstanding. Um, I walked away with a ton of content um, that I've used at work, and I believe it's made me a stronger leader. You know, those days spent there, I feel like were really special. Um, I was able to spend time on me there, 
you know, as a busy, busy professional with uh, responsibilities at work, you know, in a young family, it's hard to set aside time for yourself. And I feel like that was an opportunity to be around a group of professionals also with some incredible passion and ambition. And I walked away energized uh, from that opportunity. Um, I'll also echo, echo you on diversity and inclusion day. You know, there's a lot of politically charged issues like immigration um, that we uh, that we talk about. Um, and, you know, these things are, are highly charged in the media. People are very passionate about it. Um, but until you have time to sit down and learn from people who are experiencing uh, the impacts of policy decisions that have been made over time, uh, you don't truly know what their experience is like. And so uh, the opportunity to sit down with folks uh, from our community and in our class who have experienced immigration from a few different angles um, was really, really important. And to be able to do that in a safe space and ask questions, um, you know, uh, to challenge some of your own beliefs and assumptions about these things, uh, you know, was really, uh, really, really powerful experience. Even um, hearing you all talk about it, I must say, it does even hearing your reflections is is, is powerful, and I do think um, remembering the dialogue that you guys had on on several days, um, it's um, it challenges you constantly. The experience challenges you constantly to think outside of yourself, mm -hmm. um, even you know, in my position with the organization, which is awesome. Um, it is definitely a lot of time though, um, as, much, um, as much fun as we have, as much as we learn, it is a lot of time that you take away from your, your own work life. Um, I know Brandon is, you know, works at a job where he has billable hours as well. So it affected his bottom line as well to be at Leadership Greensboro. Um, so, how did you um, how did you manage that? Was it hard for you to be away from work, um, or did you look forward to your program days? Like, how did you balance that responsibility with the program? I'll start. You know, uh, one of the things was I really grew to look forward to the days uh, to the days away. Um, I will say that one of our company's core values is community, and so um, the company's leadership at Withers Ravenel really supported me every step of the way. Um, having said that, you know, I still had responsibilities at work and I wanted to honor my company's investment in me by making sure um, that I took full advantage of everything uh, Leadership Greensboro was offering, but I also fulfilled my obligations to them um, with extra hours as necessary. You know, as far as managing, my wife was really supportive in spending extra time away from her and the kids, and I can't thank her enough about that because um, uh, she knew how much this opportunity and experience meant to me. And I also had a really supportive team of people at work. Um, for me, my team, they're really good at what they do. So I didn't really have to worry about certain aspects of being away. Um, so, you know, it was difficult um, to manage, um, but it was well worth it in the end, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly that um, I, I, I never felt like, oh, I have to go out tomorrow. I looked forward to it. It helped me plan um, to be out of the office for a whole day. I think kudos to the chamber and to Unikita for this, this program has such a good, strong legacy uh, that most of the people I worked with and my supervisors understood the value of what I was doing. So they never questioned like, God, why are you out all the time? 
you're going for a whole day. What could they possibly be doing for you? So I think your reputation, um, the reputation of the program itself helps, right? It, it's the, the caliber of people that have gone through uh, the program before us, that helps. Um, but for me, I never, it was such a nice, Brandon, I think you said this, it, it's, it's time to invest in you also. Yeah, you're building your network. Yes, you're learning about Greensboro. Yes, it helps you professionally. But I think in this day and age, it is so difficult to take a whole day to invest in yourself. Um, and so you very quickly learn, oh, this is, this is my day. This is my day for me. This is my day with my class. Um, and it's really easy to just, you know, turn everything off and be there um, because your, your program chairs and Nikita, and even a lot of times the speakers will say, hey, we know you have emails to check. We know you might need to step out and take a phone call. But for goodness sake, show up and be present for as much of this as you can. And it's true. I mean, they're not just saying it because they don't want to see you texting. They're saying it because the content and the value of, of the experience is it is that important. And so it's an easy thing to know once a month. Yes, I get these eight hours. Um, yeah. So it was something to look forward to for sure. Good. And you, you guys have stated this in, in different ways, but if you had to boil this down to a word or a phrase, um, how has your time in Leadership Greensboro translated to value for you personally and professionally? I think my word would be transformational. Um, it transformed the way I think about where I live, work, and play. It transformed my thinking about the type of network that I need and want to have. It transformed um, my self-esteem in regards to things that I may have thought were sort of off limits or mm, I'm not, I don't know if I should go for that. I've, I, tr I don't mean to sound like Mary Sunshine, but I do feel like um, it's a badge I wear. It, I feel like a different person and that there's nothing in Greensboro that's off limits to me anymore. Um, so maybe access should have been my word, but I already picked one. So I'm going to go with transformational. <laughs> um, but I just can't say enough. It, it, it changed Greensboro for me. And that, that's a powerful thing. What about you, Brandon? I, I really have a hard time boiling it down to a, a phrase. I think transformational or, or a term, I think transformational is definitely um, a good one. I saw a lot of change and growth within myself. Um, one of the themes for me really was um, I gained a lot of hope. Um, and this was echoed, I think, towards the end of our program. Um, and it's been talked about a few times with our group. And, you know, I think sometimes when you see all the politicians arguing and you see the politically charged rhetoric, um, it's easy to get down and depressed and negative and be cynical. And, you know, I think um, one of the things coming out of this is, is that you know, we had all of these open and honest conversations without screaming matches, talking about issues that were complicated and difficult to understand. And um, we did it in a, in a respectful way. Um, we disagreed in respectful ways. And um, I think everybody was really open to trying to understand differences of opinion. And so I walked away from that being really energized and feeling full of, um, full of hope. Um, not just for myself and my family, but for the local business community, because, you know, you have a bunch of rising leaders um, who behave in this way. 
And so, mm-hmm. um, that's, that was like number one, um, for me, that was my, my big takeaway. And so even though it's hard to boil it down to a phrase or term, I think, um, you know, that's what I walked away with. Well, thank you for sharing that um, and, and kind of walking me through your experience, because it's one thing to see you guys going through it, but it's just even better to hear you talk about it. Um, so you, after all the hard work in the class, um, you were nominated to be program chairs. Um, and like I said, we hit the ground running kind of right after graduation, um, preparing for the next class, the 2020 class. And I think so far we've had a great year. We, we've had um, a wonderful experience. Um, the program days have been wonderful. Um, and then came the week of March 9th. Uh, <laughs> the week that really changed everything for us as a country, um, as a city, definitely as a program. We were a week out from our um, diversity and inclusion dialogue day. Um, we also had program days coming up in, um, in April and May and a huge graduation plan on May 13th. Um, and then the global crisis of COVID-19 happened. Um, so we'd already let the class know um, prior to March 9th that we were considering lots of information, knew about what was happening, and, and we told them to expect possible, you know, possible changes. But it definitely has evolved a lot more than probably any of the five of us could envision. Um, and ultimately, we decided to host our next program days on Zoom. So that was a first for Leadership Greensboro, and um, and to me it felt a lot. It felt pretty risky, um, considering that this is a highly relational, experiential program. Um, based on your um, really hands-on kind of in-person experience in the 2019 class, did you guys have any apprehensions about us switching to a virtual format for our upcoming program days? Yeah, I think I was. <laughs> I think I was in denial that that would actually happen until it did. Um, (laughs) But I will say the genius of the program is that the class before you plans your class. So um, I think when we had to make the smart decision to do it virtually, um, because we didn't want to leave these people hanging, we didn't know. So let's just carry on, carry forward, carry on. Uh, that's a good sign of leadership, right? Adaptability, like let's just get the job done. Um, I think once the decision was made to, to go virtual, uh, it was easy to have confidence that a group of folks who are planning a day that had to replan it to go virtually had gone through the program, knew, uh, knew how valuable each day is, and I knew they would dig in to make it as special as possible. So yes, it was risky, but I think the fact that those who have gone before you know what a good day looks like, um, know what a good day is supposed to feel like, uh, that I knew they were going to dig deep and figure out, okay, well, how, how can we try to make this special and engaging? And, um, you know, was it a perfect day? Probably not. Certainly not as good as being around each other and having that FaceTime. But I do think... Um, it was really fun to see them be creative in ways and like, how can we try to engage 45 people through the internet? Right. Like that's, that's, you know, we did fun icebreakers. We had Tai Chi. I mean, who could beat that? Right. Right. 
so, so yeah, I was different and it was scary to think like, is this going to work? Is this going to play well? Um, but I think, I think it, it can work, right? We proved it can work. So, um, it's not something I want to see the whole program go to indefinitely, but for the time being, I think we can still provide a meaningful experience and get the information across and find interesting ways to engage in conversation with a tile of a person this big. Um, so I, I, you know, it worked, it worked because yeah. we worked it. And I, I would, um, I agree. I think it, it, you know, is something that it seemed to really engage the class um, to give um, some perspective on it. We, um, we opened the program day, uh, we hosted it on Zoom, we opened the program day with an activity, um, a, somewhat of an icebreaker. Um, we had surveyed the class to get information about kind of what things people had done that were fun or interesting um, since we had been quarantined, so to speak. And, um, and we used that uh, as a quiz to see how well people knew each other. Um, and that turned out to be really funny. It kind of set the tone for the rest of it. We then had a really engaging panel um, with six experts from um, across the health spectrum in the, um, in the city. And, um, and people had really insightful questions for that panel. And then, as you mentioned, Elizabeth, we shifted to um, demonstrations after taking a quick break. Um, on Zoom, we came back and we had um, demonstrations, a Tai Chi demonstration and a guided meditation. Um, so I think those, all of those components um, helped it to be a little bit more engaging. What would you say, Brandon, what would you say worked during our first virtual program day? What, what were the elements that worked for you? Uh, I think the things that definitely uh, work for me, uh, you know, I, I think the I think the quiz, uh, the Kahoot quiz that we did early on, I think that was a great experience. Uh, as far as an icebreaker, had no idea how that would go or what that would look like. Um, also, think that the panel discussion went really well. Um, the way that we were able to alternate people and follow a, a normal panel discussion. Um, and then I think the, the coolest part for me was being able to do Tai Chi and yoga from the comfort of my own home uh, in a judgment-free zone. So, <laughs> Absolutely. And what would you, uh, would you say um, that this is something, given that, that it seemed to work, um, do you think that this is something that would engage classes? Or, or more specifically, Elizabeth, can you tell me how, do you, how would you rate the class's level of engagement? during our virtual program day? Uh, I think they were engaged. I know a lot of people weren't able to join. So that, that was a bummer. Um, and maybe that was for the best since it was our first one. Cause, cause 45 people in a, you know, we're not a chorus, right? So <laughs> you want to engage in conversation. So I think that was the scariest part. It's like, what are, how is everybody going to have a voice? Um, so our numbers were down a little bit for that. And I think that was good. So we could get one under our belt. I think moving forward, it's a workable format. I think, um, I think the key to having a successful program day is we can't go to the eight hours, right? Like that's, that's not doable. Um, but if we can do these more compact days and keep, um, keep the engagement up. So, so, you know, you couldn't do three hours of just panels and you can't also do three hours of games. But I think that if we continue to mix it up 
in a shorter format and have opportunities to get them talking or submitting answers or playing a game also while learning is going to be the key to keeping interest and engagement. Um, you know, who, who knew we needed each other as much as we <laughs> person. Um, but I do think, you know, part of, um, this is going to work moving forward because I think we're all craving that connection right now because we are stuck at home. So I don't know if a virtual format would work if we weren't in quarantine because I think people would get bored, but I think we're so, you know, humans need interaction. Um, and, and we like to see faces. And, and so I do think in, in these times where we're cooped up, it's, it's going to continue to work for us because I think we really want to have, you know, this back and forth. So maybe not a forever thing, but for as long as we have to, I think we can make this work. And, and I think we're going to continue to have good participation and, um, and, you know, I think it might be a good break from the monotony of homeschooling and, and whatever else everybody's doing to try to keep their jobs online. So <laughs> for sure, <laughs> make this, make this the thing. So what would, um, what would your advice uh, what advice would you give to next year's program chairs? Because um, quite honestly, this could be um, a new normal for all of us as Americans, right? This could be infused in some way in the program coming up. What would your advice, what advice would you give to next year's program chairs about the virtual program days, if that is a component? Well, I think first of all, we need to be prepared for it, you know, because uh, if there is a second wave, and I think, you know, it's likely based on what the experts are saying that we're going to have to be prepared for that. Um, you know, this winter, we're going to be dealing probably with the flu and COVID-19 at the same time. Um, so we're living through sort of an unprecedented time and, and the group of program chairs needs to be, uh, needs to be flexible and willing to adapt just as we've had to adapt this year. Um, I think virtual meetings can definitely work. It can be successful. Um, the hardest thing for them is going to be when, when and if there are virtual days uh, to build that same set of shared experiences that you would get being in person. And so um, I, I think that, uh, you know, the one thing we've learned about calls, there's definitely a time limit. Um, there's definitely a need to mix things up and transition. You have to be really intentional about that. And um, I think relying on feedback from any of the virtual sessions that you do, just as you do with the regular program days, is going to be really important um, for those uh, uh, program chairs moving forward. Okay. Did you have anything yeah. to add to that, Elizabeth? I, I just I agree wholeheartedly. And I think maybe for ease of use, uh, the next group of day chairs and program, well, the program chairs should just give the directive to the day chairs. Hey plan your days um, as if there will normally occur, but carve out uh, or, you know, highlight the, instead of having 10 things in an eight hour day, go ahead and star the four things that you're gonna do if we have to switch to virtual. So just always having that mindset of, all right, if, if these are our activities for, you know, health and human services day, which ones of these could flip to an online panel or a game or a, a, an experience, um, you know, how can we, how can we, uh, you know, modify or just have that plan B. Um, I, big shout out to this first group that did it because they, they spent 
months planning a whole day and then they had yeah. plans. So I, I think probably for ease of use, just planning one time and knowing what you're going to cut to go virtual is, is a good thing. Um, I also, now that we're all like expert zoom users, right? Who knew? <laughs> um, uh, it might be a good thing for everybody to just take some sort of tutorial on zoom so they can learn some of the stuff that we don't even know yet. I know there are interesting ways you can, break out certain people into rooms like virtual rooms for discussion um, because I do think in the fall that's where the bonds are made right um, so it might get a little tricky trying to gel a group of 45 people through the computer so I, I would challenge them to think creatively of how can we do some small group work and you all get to know each other is, is that a game is that something that that you all participate in to, to form those bonds. Since, you know, we probably won't be able to handcuff and blindfold them like we did. <laughs> um, but I, that that's going to be the challenge. It's it's not facilitating a day of learning and fun. It's it's making the bonds. So that that's right. be the 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 one you know booger of an issue. How do we solve for that? Because it was different for us. They had all fall to get to know each other, and now. Now there's camaraderie, and so we're all in this together. But I think that'll be the biggest challenge for the fall group, um, making sure that they keep people engaged at the beginning. Absolutely. Excellent advice from both of you. And speaking of the next class, um, Leadership Greensboro will begin um, recruiting the next Leadership Greensboro class in late May. So um, everyone, please stay tuned to our social media. Follow us on, on Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube as we get ready for that. Um, and hey, it might be a new normal and how we do it. Um, Elizabeth and Brandon, anytime that I get to hang out with you two is a gift. This was fun. So thank you so much for yet again taking away time from your real life. Um, to um, to give it to Leadership Greensboro. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. This is, uh, like I said, been one of the best experiences I've had. And um, I'm just sad I won't, we won't be having our monthly meeting. So if you need a program chair for next year, you know, for continuity's sake, uh, I, your girl's here. <laughs> I would do it again. On <laughs> I told you I didn't want to break up, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, and, and Nikita, we're grateful for your leadership. I mean, the local Greensboro community is grateful for your leadership and what you do with this program. Um, and I'm really grateful to have been part of uh, this program chair group. I think y'all are a special group of human beings um, and have become some of my favorite uh, people in the world, people I want to share things with um, as I experience them in life. And so, um, I don't think we're breaking up. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And once again, um, please follow us on social media, um, Facebook. We are at facebook.com forward slash Leadership Greensboro. Um, and on LinkedIn as well, um, linkedin.com forward slash Leadership Greensboro. And we're also on YouTube. Um, thank you again for being here. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, 
the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Impact the Borough is recorded at Press Play Studios. Producers are Brody Cohen-Glaze and Holly West. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time.